I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <clears throat> Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. And this time, it's legal. All right, Lunger. Let's do it. Say when. Come on. Come on! Oh, Johnny. Come on! You're no Daisy. You're no Daisy at all. Poor soul. Hello, hello. Welcome to What the Jess Podcast. I'm your host. You guessed it. I'm Jess. Thank you so much for joining me. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Ah, gotta love Val Kilmer, man. So this is my Tombstone podcast. I am very excited to do this episode and I'm very excited to have one of my very good friends, Warren Yeager, as my co-host coming up very shortly. But in the meantime... Uh, I wanted to catch everybody up on the story of this movie, 1993's Tombstone. So after successfully cleaning up Dodge City, Wyatt Earp and his brothers decide to move to Tombstone, Arizona with the hopes of making a fortune without having to do the law side. So while they are just arriving and setting up in Arizona, they meet up with his old friend, Doc Holliday, and a hand of outlaws that call themselves the Cowboys are causing problems uh, in that particular region and they do like random violent acts um, and eventually (laughs) all this kind of comes to a head with Doc Holliday and all the Earps um, and it kind of leads to that famous shootout at the OK Corral. Um, That was just a very quick uh, summary of the movie but along the way they basically came to that particular town, not necessarily to be the sheriffs or anything like that. They were actually trying to get away from that. But as they settle in and uh, start living in that particular city, it's obvious that they're going to have to step up and help bring law and order to that particular town. Uh, Virgil steps up first, becomes a sheriff, and then they all kind of fall in line. And then, of course, uh, like I said, it all sort of um, comes to a head with the villains of the movie in the OK Corral shootout, which is amazing. But to further discuss this movie, uh, I'm going to bring in my friend Warren and get this show going. Hey, Warren, thank you for coming on my show. Well, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. I have been saving this one especially for you. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. I will lie as best as I can. <laughs> uh, we have, I don't know, what, 20 years I go back with you? Pretty close, right? Yeah, it's got to be. I, I shot a couple short films for you, and I think uh, I think I found you like in back, Backstage West or something. <laughs> and uh, we shot some 60-millimeter films, and then a music video of uh, I Died in Your Arms last night. And Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris um, Owens and I shot some stuff for him and yeah so we've been we've been at this for a while then you moved away I moved quite a few times <laughs> but, see, now you're, but now you're in my hometown I mean I'm in I'm in LA now but uh, I'm from where you live where you live now so I know <laughs> so I'm excited to get into this movie I am a late bloomer to the party I guess you should say um And it was actually, I think, you that kept telling me to watch this movie. And I was like, I don't like Wild West movies. (laughs) You know, people say that a lot, but they're they're a lot of fun. And the thing about the the genre is that you have a lot of leeway to cover a lot of topics because there were no rules back then. And you can pretty much have your characters do whatever they want. Yeah. And I I think it was just like, I, I don't know. They came out in the 90s. I was like just coming into high school and it's just my interest wasn't truly there. So I kind of, you know, I skipped over it. And then like, I think it was like five years ago, I had been talking about seeing this and I remember talking to you a little bit about it and I never watched it till like five months ago. 
And yeah, I mean, it's certainly a classic. I mean, it, it, it's a popcorn movie, uh, and it's just a, a fun romp through the Wild West. But the whole Western genre is sort of fading out because it's becoming so far away that, that it's, it's harder for people to relate to now. People are sort of more interested in the, you know, the, the Roaring Twenties and the World War I, World War II because grandparents were there. So um, it's, the West is getting a little far away, but it's still a really amazing period of, uh, of American history. Well, let me tell you, as someone who had never seen the movie, seeing it in 2020, I was absolutely blown away, and it absolutely holds up today as if it's a brand new movie, and that's what impressed me the most. Well, it, it does. Um, part of that is because uh, Bill Fraker shot it, and he's one of the great cinematographers of, uh, you know, uh, that, that we've had. Uh, Kurt Russell pretty much directed it. There's a, a lot of stories about the making of this film. It didn't go very smoothly, um, but you had had some very, very talented people working on it. And uh, so, yeah, so it, it holds up very well. And I have to say, Val Kilmer is one of my favorite actors anyway, so I don't know why I hadn't seen it. <laughs> but I, um, after seeing this movie, I went a little bit obsessive in collections and stuff, collectibles. Um, I went and bought a big uh, 11 by 14 cast signed poster, including the signature of the late Bill Paxton. And I was able to obtain a hand signed, uh, personalized uh, photograph of uh, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday signed. So those are my prized possessions. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I know. I know. I even got bobbleheads, but we'll go. We'll we'll, we'll slide I've past that. Those. I've seen those. Those are hilarious. Well, uh, there's apparently there's like four or five different versions of Wyatt Earp and uh, Val, uh, not Val Kilmer, uh, Doc Holliday. But I'm not rich. I'm I'm happy with the ten dollar ones that I bought. So that's just fine by me. There you go. They're mementos. They're not. Uh... So, so this movie came out in 93. We'll talk about the Kevin Costner version of Wyatt Earp later um, that came out about a year later. So right now, let's just, uh, I just want to talk about Tombstone because Tombstone, because it's one of my favorite ones. Uh, well, I guess there's a million Wyatt Earp type movies, but uh, I just want to talk about this one. Um, so it was made for about 25 million and grossed about 60 million worldwide, which is, I think back then quite a considerable amount of money, which was pretty impressive to me. Um, and, and like you said, they had some problems with the movie. I had a, some trivia, but uh, you did hit on the, the director's part. We might as well talk about that if you want to go ahead and chat about what happened. Yeah, the, the, the film was written by Kevin Jari, and it was supposed to be his directorial debut. And uh, he just didn't have the chops. He just couldn't handle it. And the, the production got very far behind, and it wasn't working out. The actors were, were not particularly happy with the way it was going. So the studio replaced Jari with uh, George uh, Cosmatos, who some of the actors weren't happy with because they didn't feel like he really had a feel for the, the genre and feel for the script that uh, Kevin Jari did. So uh, in the end, the story is that um, uh, Kurt Russell pretty much directed the film. That's crazy. I had no idea. I mean, he did a great job. He he did. Um, but you know, he's he's been around for a long time. He's a talented guy, and and I think he really liked the the script. Um, and I think it was either he or Bill Paxton were actually pretty good friends with Kevin Jari. So um, and I think I think I'd read that that Paxton threatened to quit when uh, Cosmatos was um, uh, was appointed to to replace uh, Jari, but he didn't, and you know, the rest is history. Is the uh, is George? What's his last name? George, the Cos director. Cosmatos. Was he the director of uh, Rambo? First Blood. Could be. Yeah, he, he he was an established director, which is why they brought him on. Um, they figured he he knew how to get the get the piece finished. So uh, okay. I don't I don't have his IMDb in front of me, but he could have. So one of the cool things for me, uh, if actually I, I want to run by real quick some of the actors that are in the movie. I mean, you'd have to be well, I can't say <laughs> you'd have to be living under a rock because I just saw it this year. So, um, but this, the main stars are Kirk Russell, obviously he plays Wyatt Earp. Val Kilmer plays Doc Holliday. The great Sam Elliott is Virgil Earp, and Bill Paxton plays Morgan Earp, which are obviously the brothers. But they've got some great co-stars. Yeah, they had. Uh, Powers Booth, Michael Bean, and Dana Delaney, and like some supporting roles. I mean, they that cast was stacked. 
Oh, you got Jason P Priestley, you got Thomas Hayden Church, Dana Delaney, Paul Ma Malcolmson from Deadwood, uh, Michael Rooker, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Zane, Frank Stallone, and Robert Mitchum. Yeah, it, it was stacked. And don't forget Charleston Heston. And Charleston Heston. That's right. Yeah, playing uh, playing Rooker. I heard that Charleston Heston's parts were redone too, right? Something about the new director. They came in and completely redid it or something. Yeah, I, th I, th I think that's true. I think uh, I think that was where Jari started, and uh, with those scenes, and they they didn't uh, didn't work out. So when I first watched the movie, which for me it's only I've only seen it once. I don't know how many times you have seen it, um, but as a, a new person's point of view in living in 2020, I have to say, I, I, when someone asked me what was it that you liked about the film. It was really hard for me to explain. I don't know. I liked everything. The, the cinematography was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Bill Fraker's, you know, one, one of the greats. Can't go wrong with him. Um, but, you know, this, this, it's a buddy story. It's a, it's a good guy versus bad guy story. It's not exactly accurate historically, but it's a really fun story to tell. You know, it's, it's um, just a really classic story of, uh, of friendship and, uh, and, and, and fighting against the, the, the bad guys. And people love that kind of a story. Was it filmed on location? It was, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it was filmed in, uh, I think it was, it wasn't filmed in Old Tucson. Um, maybe parts of it were, but there's a couple of um, Western backlots sort of in Southern Arizona and was fil uh, filmed in, in those. Um, I, can't, I can never remember the name of the other one and I, I should have my IMDB up so I can cheat. <laughs> I, but I, I can cheat um, too. I have mine up too. <laughs> yeah, you, so you yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, Old Tucson they do a big uh, um, steampunk festival there every year. But oh. it now goes to the county, and the county's trying to figure out what to do with it. And hopefully, it'll be a, an event um, location again pretty soon. The people that were leasing it um, had to give it up because of the whole COVID nonsense. And and uh, but hopefully, somebody will take it over. But it's a it's an old movie lot that a lot of uh, features have been shot on. And TV. Uh, Do you th so? I don't know if you'll know this or not. I didn't um, actually dig this into this part too much, but do you think? Because I I know, and like I said, we'll talk about Wider a little later. But I know that they were both in development first, but Tombstone just happened to get there first. But do you think that the reason why this one was more successful is because it was more of the Hollywood glossy type movie, and it was just a really fun movie? Or do you just think the acting and the casting was better? You know, I, th I think the story was more pithy and inherently more uh, just more fun. Um, it, it didn't take itself as seriously as uh, the the Costner's Lawrence Kasdan movie did. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like them both very much. I, I actually like uh, Dennis Quaid's portrayal of Doc Holliday as a historical character better because I think he captured his essence a little more. But, you know, you can't beat Val Kilmer for fun. Oh, yeah. He's just fantastic. <laughs> I love Val Kilmer anyway. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So going back to the the actual production of Tombstone, because I, I, I just noticed these things. It, the costumes seemed like dead on to me and like, like the manner, mannerisms, the uh, uh, props, the sets, everything was so realistic. I felt like I was really there with them. Well, the mustaches were all real. Uh, apparently, all four of the main characters grew their own mustaches. <laughs> and, and Kurt Russell can pull off a stash, man. That thing was a monster. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, yes and no. I mean, um, it's hard to know how those guys actually dressed. Um, some of the some of the wardrobes a little cliche, like some of the. I mean, this is getting to be really fussy stuff, but um, you know, the long coats. Probably not so much for the real characters because they were city guys, so they would have worn. Uh, gosh, in 1881, you probably would have worn a town coat, sack coats, maybe a frock coat. Um, but those were getting to be more formal. Um, you know, the hats were fun. I mean, it, it, it was accurate-ish, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't call it a documentary on on clothing and, and the like. And the and the cowboys, by the way, back in the day, didn't wear. Wear, wear the red sashes. That was a great device to identify them, but but it wasn't it wasn't accurate to the uh, the Clanton and McClowry game. Oh wow! I can't wait to jump into the history part. This sounds like stuff that's really cool. 
I love yeah. hearing hearing about that stuff. I mean, we are going on a uh, to visit Tombstone next year or whatever. I know you've been there quite a few times, um, but I'm because of this I've movie. I want to exactly once, exactly once. But hopefully, and I, I'm I'm hoping to meet you down there because uh, I think I told you my my friend uh, Phil owns the oldest hotel in Arizona, which is about about a 45 minute drive from Tombstone. And oh, we're Big going. Nose Kate, Big Nose Kate worked there, so it's oh. Uh, Wow. And it's right, and it's actually ten miles from Wilcox, where Warren Earp, the youngest Earp brother, was killed in 1900. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. My friend Heather's also very much looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, it, it inspired me. This movie, like, I, I, it's weird for me to see a movie and be so engrossed with it, you know. And it's like 20, 30 years old. It's for me, that's just not normal. <laughs> but um, I went out and bought the Blu-ray. I'm going to watch it this weekend because I. You know, a few months have gone by, so I can appreciate it by watching it again. But oh, and let's talk about the music, the score. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was it's a, it came together pretty well uh, as far as uh, you know, as as far as the film goes. And like I said, it's, it's like just about an hour and a half, right? So it's a short film, and um, so you know, it was it was short and sweet, and everything kind of came together. Was it really only an hour and a half long? I think so. I thought it was like two hours, but maybe you're right. Well, let's hope it didn't seem like two hours when it was only an hour and a half. Yeah, I'm, pretty sure, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was just, a, uh, just an hour film. Oh, I, okay. I was going to look and see, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> I jumped on the wider page because, you know, a lot of these little technical details I, I don't know so well. I, I'm mostly mostly a historian and a, and a filmmaker. So I can I can tell you about the you know what went wrong, what went right, and sort of the, the basic stuff. But you know, like I, I can't remember who did the, the music and and, yeah, uh, and yeah. I have I do have a cheat sheet, but you know, you have to ask me the right questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get there, we'll get there. Um so all right, so if we when this movie came out, I think it, yeah, it was nineteen ninety-three. Um I I don't remember it when it first came out into theaters like you did. Was it like an instant hit? Was it a cult falling? Was it a bomb? Or is it just sort of one of the slow burns? Or was it just like all of a sudden now everybody wants to do Western movies? Well, I, I wasn't into the Western genre when it came out, so I didn't see it in a the theater. Oh. I'm kind of a latecomer to the to the Western thing. I got I got involved with the whole Western thing about ten years ago, uh, and uh, and my real the the thing that got me into it passionately was the Deadwood series on uh, on, on HBO. Um, but then of course I came around to Tombstone and a wider movie and and uh, uh, Open Range and Unforgiven and the Sergio Sergio Leone films and you know and really you know I've I've seen a lot of the westerns uh, now, but I'm not I'm not the greatest like historian on westerns or or uh, you know a lifelong a long fan so and I'm, I'm more into the the living history of it all um but yeah i think i think it did quite well um i, th I think it did better than white herb um oh yeah again, again because it had such a, a brilliant cast i mean the whole cast was just so much fun didn't take itself too seriously and it came out first so um by the time Wyatt herb came out they're like well this is the same movie well yes and no but but uh it, it certainly covered a lot of the same ground so i think uh it uh white herb sort of was the uh the the stepchild or perceived <laughs> stepchild. it's a great film very very well researched and uh, and shot and performed and everything but but uh, tombstone again it's just a, a pithy fun popcorn movie and that's i think that's why people really love it and I was excited because I didn't know, except for the four main stars, that I didn't know Michael Bean was in that. I mean, that dude was on a roll from like, what was it, 82, 83 or whatever till, um, was he? Oh, no, he wasn't in Terminator 2. But anyway, he, he had a just like one hit after another. And when I saw him in this film, I was really excited. I was like, oh, I love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, and he played the part great. I mean, uh, the, 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 the rivalry between uh, Johnny Ringo and and uh doc holiday it was a lot of fun and and that classic scene over the pharaoh table where uh johnny ringo flipped his pistol and then uh, and mm -hmm. then, uh doc holiday flips the uh the mug around it's just hilarious and uh michael bean apparently learned how to spin uh spin guns to do that so it's that's all him and uh, val kilmer has that uh special trait that he has where he can uh move uh, objects over his knuckles he's been doing that since top gun i don't know if you oh, realize yeah, yeah. that yeah, that mm -hmm. uh, the the roll in the uh, roll in the coins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I try to learn to do it. And I just can't do it. <laughs> I have my days. I mean, I I, I can do it uh, every once in a while, and then I drop it, and it's not good. <laughs> I'm 
I also don't really try that much. So I'm sure if I really made myself study it, I probably could pick it up, but it just feels so foreign. It just feels weird. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, I don't have tremendous uh, fine dexterity anyway. I, mean, I was a drummer, not a guitar player. So that should show you <laughs> where I'm at. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, so before we get into the getting into more of the historical things, let's just real quickly talk about the Wired Earp uh, film, which we've been sort of hinting at. Um, it, like I said, it, it did come out a year later, and I think that production also had some major problems um, getting off the ground. And I don't remember if it was during the whole Waterworld fiasco or not, but I think it was somehow a little bit related. I, I, I really don't know much about the production of, of that movie, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. like I said, I, I, I like it and I, I, I can relate a lot of it to, to the historical events, but for the behind the scenes stuff, I don't really know so much about it. Yeah. Uh, and for me, when I, I, once I saw Tombstone, the next night I went ahead and watched Wyatt Earp, Kevin Costner's version, because I actually like Kevin Costner. I think he's pretty cool. I've met him a few times on the lot. Nice guy. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought I was expecting more of an, an action movie. So I think the problem with seeing them back to back is you probably lose appreciation for both of them because you're expecting them to be the same and they're completely different movies. Yeah, and it's it's like your favorite pizza. Your the pizza you grow up with is your favorite pizza, and uh, you try somebody else's favorite pizza, and it just doesn't stack up. So it's it's like that with these two movies too. I mean, I'm sure there are people that saw Wyatt Earp first, and then saw Tombstone, and went, "Wow, this is this Tombstone's a little bit hokey." Wyatt Earp really makes me feel like I'm in the West, and you right. know, and there are people that are that are the opposite. Um, and and again, Wyatt Earp took itself much more seriously than than Tombstone. I mean, the 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 seen in at the what is it iron canyon where uh, where uh, wyatt shoots uh, uh uh curly bill you know that slow motion it's like very yeah. video, you know yeah. but you know is what it is again it's it's a fun popcorn movie you can sit and watch it and kind of kind of have fun with it and giggle at it and whatever i think wyatt Earp's like you said it is a lot more serious and obviously it's a lot longer it's about three and a half hours long um it's almost like more of a a story of morale right like his own morale and he feels pretty much like a almost a damned person a damned soul but he's a gun gunfighter he's a hero but he has issues you know he's not as confident uh as the wider uh kurtz kirk russell's you know i feel like he has a lot more demons he does and, and i think that was the point of the movie i mean look at the the, the titles tombstone was about tombstone that was the main character and, and everyone else was a supporting character and telling the story of Tombstone at that particular time. Wyatt Earp was a biopic about this guy. Uh, and I think the whole point was to show that he wasn't, you know, uh, a superhero. You know, he was he was a human being that made his way through a very tough time and lived to tell the tale. Uh, Wyatt Earp lived till 1929. He was never touched by a bullet. He was never even wounded. He was the luckiest guy on the planet. Um, but he did a lot of stuff that a lot of people did back in the West. Uh, and then, uh, but you know, and he, he was a hero and a villain. He was a criminal, he was a cheat, he was a lawman, he was a marshal, uh, he, he did it all. So like, uh, well, so it'd be almost like saying in Tombstone, Wyatt Earp is more of a character and Wyatt Earp, he's a person. Yeah, I, th I think so. Yeah, I mean, Tombstone is much more of a caricatured movie. Um, and, and it's, uh, it's, I don't want to say sh it's not sh shallow because it's it, it's not, but it, it's more more a surface story. It doesn't get into right. the real backstories of the characters uh, at all. Um, Wyatt Earp has a lot of backstory. I mean, you you know how how he grew up. You knew something about his parents. You knew that he um, you know he wasn't so tough when he was younger, and he had to learn how to be tough. Um, you know, so uh, you learn he was he was jailed. I mean, he was he was almost hung for being a horse thief. Um, hmm. And he, he was a drunk for a while, and then he lost a wife to, uh, uh, to, to uh, that was probably, it wasn't tuberculosis, I think it was plague, uh, you know, so, you know, he had, a, he had a tough life, and, you know, like I said, lived to tell the tale. And it was interesting, because I read somewhere uh, online when I was researching uh, this podcast uh, subject, whatever, uh, it said, someone asked, uh, if someone asked you what movie's better, Tombstone or wider, and someone gave this answer, which was really cool. It says, um, if you 
watch the first half of Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner and get all the backstory uh, until he gets to Tombstone and then switch it and put the Tombstone in and watch it from there on. Then you get a full picture. I was like, uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Well, none of them get the, the gunfight at the, at the OK Corral, right? It, that lasted 30 seconds and only about 30 shots were fired. Well, so, since we're talking, let's go ahead and jump into the history then, because since we're just kind of sprinkling it throughout the episode anyway. Um, so from, from here on, we are talking more of the reality of all these characters, not movie versus movie. So when we say Tombstone or if we refer to these characters, we're not talking about the Hollywood versions anymore. Um, and this is your genre, not mine. I know nothing about these characters. So why don't we start with, like you said, you want to start with Wyatt Earp, um, just do a basic uh, history on, I know we kind of touched on it, but you know, who is Wyatt Earp? Well, Wyatt, Wyatt Earp was, was a guy who was pretty typical in the old West. I mean, his family moved around a lot uh, and he was a young man uh, during Western expansion. So there was a lot of opportunity, uh, a lot of trouble to get into. Um, he was, uh, you know, a, a, a decent enough guy, tried to get married, tried to have a good life, tried to study for the law. Uh, and then, you know, disease took his wife and, and uh, I think she was pregnant at the time. And it just threw him into a, you know, kind of a state of depression. So he started drinking, he started getting into trouble, making bad decisions. And then, um, he uh, got himself right. Um, so he, he was just, he was just a guy who was, who was there. Um, and like I said, he's very typical of a lot of, a lot of people. He wasn't particularly successful. I mean, you know, he, he was a, a lawman. A lot of people were lawmen. He um, worked for uh, Wells Fargo. A lot of people did that. He was a marshal. He did that. A lot of people did. Um, he was a faro dealer, which is a, an old gambling game. A lot of people did that. Um, and uh, he owned uh, failed mines. And boy, a lot of people did that. So, um, you know, again, he just lived till 1929 and was able to spend time in Los Angeles hobnobbing with uh, the fledgling Hollywood movie industry and uh, and created a myth about himself. Uh, he had some help. He had some books and stuff written about him. And uh, and so, yeah, so he's just a guy who, who survived. And what do you think it is that made him famous over hundreds of other cowboys or whoever you want to call them from the Wild West? Why him? He spent the rest of his life trying to get people to tell his story. I mean, at, at his funeral, um, Tom Mix and William S. Hart were pallbearers, and they were the, the two biggest Western stars of the day. He hung out in, in Los Angeles. He was uh, LAPD. Uh, he died in Los Angeles. Um, he, he spent years of his life trying to uh, get books written about himself and get, uh, and get people to tell his stories on film and, uh, and, in, and in literature. He spent a lot of time building up his myth and his brand. Wow. Because I, 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 I am like one of those people who don't know much about, uh, you know, like Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday. I'm more familiar, like, when I think of those characters, I think of Billy the Kid. And I, I, and I, and I don't even know if he came before or after the Earps. Before, right? I think it's a bit I, before. Yeah, Bill, uh, yeah. Billy the uh, Let's see, again, again I, I don't, I'm, what I do, what I primarily do is gambling. So what uh, and 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 gambling history and so I've run into the herbs and holiday uh, because they were gamblers um, and that's a whole different a different conversation. But uh, <laughs> Billy the Kid was he was part of the Lincoln County Wars, um, which was a sort of a range war, and then uh, he and the the regulators um, sort of wrecked havoc. They became sort of you know criminals and famous. Um, people like criminals. They love Bonnie and Clyde. Love. Uh, <laughs> you know and uh, the Al Capone and Machine Gun Kelly and those guys um, uh, the James brothers were very much the same uh, people just sort of uh, loved their character because they just went out and didn't give a crap about nothing and I That's think uh, people release um, uh, Billy the Kid was was killed uh, by actually a relative um, uh, Pat Garrett was uh, was like a second cousin uh, so oh. he had a short, a short and tragic, uh, tragic life, but he was a folk hero. You know, people, people really liked him. And and so with Doc, Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp, that relationship you said was not accurate or not really that accurate in either film. Like no, I mean Doc, Doc and and Wyatt were good friends. They they met uh, very much as they uh, it was shown in the uh, the Wyatt Earp movie. Um, they were. Um, uh, introduced because Wyatt Earp was looking for this guy named Dave Rudabaugh. Um, 
Holiday didn't like Rudabaugh, but he knew where he was, told Wyatt Earp, and they kind of became friends after that. They didn't see each other for a while, and then they reacquired, and then they didn't see each other for a while, then they reacquired. But they uh, they were kind of kindred spirits. They really did, uh, did, did like each other very much. And so give me a little bit of background about Doc Holliday. Well, how, I mean, the coolest thing I just found out is where I live. He got a degree in dentistry here in Maryland. In it's Pennsylvania, I think. No, uh, it's Baltimore. I, I looked it up. I thought it was Philadelphia. Our, um, okay, I, I will take your word for it. Um, <laughs> John Henry Holliday was born in Georgia, a uh, nice middle-class, upper-middle-class family. He um, uh, indeed went to dental school. He was going to have a really nice life. He was a very smart and educated man, and then he catches tuberculosis. And uh, being a medical doctor, he knew what was going to happen. So he moves out west for the, the better air and um, kind of decides he's going to die anyway so might as well you know live live life like there's no tomorrow because there wasn't so he had quite a temper and um you know and uh did whatever he wanted without any thought of uh, consequence was he really the fastest gunslinger no no the, the, the whole the whole the whole thing of a, a fast gunslinger wasn't really a thing i mean it was there was only one time in history really that two guys stood at the end of the street and drew guns at the same time and shot at each other. And that's when Wild Bill Hickok killed Dave Tutt in 1865 in Springfield, Missouri. That was at 75 yards, which was an amazing shot too, by the way. But people just didn't do that. It was actually, the gunfights in the Old West was a lot like uh, Tombstone, the movie, Tombstone, where uh, Creek Johnson and, uh, and uh, Texas Jack Vermillion come pouring out of the bar. Uh, the saloon uh, when uh, Johnny Tyler, Billy Bob Thornton is holding a gun at Wyatt Earp and they're talking to Doc Holliday, uh, you know, and it's, they just like come pouring out in the street. They shoot each other point blank and, you know, you either hit the guy or you miss the guy and, you know, there it is. So, the, you know, the, the Wild West gunfights weren't um, clean and they weren't polite. They were, they were really uh, messy, dirty, dirty things. So it wasn't the fact that they drew faster the other guy. It's the fact that drew first was really the most important so, thing. So then how did Doc Holliday become a thing? I mean, because he's one of the most popular known guys other than Wyatt Earp. Uh, yeah, yeah, in certain genres. I mean, he, again, he was he, he rode Wyatt Earp's coattails because the whole you know gunfight the okay corral has been in pop culture uh a lot from about the 1930s on and um and uh wyatt and bat masterson both wrote fondly of uh doc holiday even though bat really didn't like him um he was he was a he liked to play poker but he dealt pharaoh to earn a living he had a bad temper he killed a guy in fort griffin knifed him he knifed a lot of people um hmm. and and didn't do that much until the OK Corral. I mean, he did. He, oh God, there was. I just read a biography of him, and again, I'm not. I'm not a Doc Holliday expert, but you know, he was in, involved in some armed conflicts for railroads and things like that. But he, you know, he did do a lot of shooting and a lot of killing. To be honest with you, I mean, um, you know, even even the Vendetta ride. I don't know that they killed all the people that they were supposed to have killed. But yeah, he wasn't a gunslinger. He was a, he was a, an ornery, longer. Uh, gambler is really what he was i mean there weren't gunslingers weren't really such a thing as as much as as much as the uh the, the, the movies want want you to believe and also to your point the difference between doc holiday's uh from tombstone val kilmer's version to the uh doc holiday by dennis quaid were completely different doc holiday in wider didn't hardly do anything he was like i was like where's he gonna start shooting people and do stuff he didn't really do that <laughs> yeah, which was more accurate i mean you know he was a good friend to to wyatt and uh he did go on the uh the okay corral uh fight he did take the shotgun from virgil um and i believe doc suggested it he, he i think it's more accurate in the wider movie it was like you know you better give me this thing or else you give him the wrong idea and um and but he did shoot uh shoot a horse and a guy and he was shot and I think he emptied both his revolvers. So he, um, he did a lot of shooting during the gunfight at the OK Corral. And he also was on the Vendetta ride. So he was um, when uh, the Earp brothers um, and some friends went hunting for the Cowboys and, you know, hunting these guys down to kill them. So um, that's something that we don't really accept in this day and age anymore, but we decide that Wyatt Earp's a hero for doing it. So you also said the OK Corral scenes in both movies were inaccurate. You said it because it was just over so quickly. I mean, it's Hollywood. They got to gloss it up a little bit, right? A lot of, lot of shooting and 
lot of weird stuff going on that uh, didn't really happen. Uh, you remember, if, if you've got a six gun, you've got six shots, and that's it. And uh, they were standing about, what, six feet apart. So, you know, it's you can miss at that distance, but you don't miss a lot. Um, so, yeah, so it was over in 30 seconds or about 30 shots. And, uh, you know, there wasn't, I don't think, all the rolling around and diving and all that stuff. But, you know, um, Ike Clanton did uh, come up to Wyatt and go, I'm unarmed, I'm unarmed. And, and Wyatt threw him, threw him to the side and said, either run or fight. And, um, and the, the death count was correct. There were three killed. Um, uh, and then uh, Morgan and Virgil were both injured. So uh, it, it's, 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 it's ish. It's, you know, it's, it's ish, but it's very, a very Hollywood version of it. What about the deaths of uh, Morgan, the way that he died? Was that pretty much what happened? I think he dies at a, the uh, pool table, right? Out yeah, yeah that, that, that is actually absolutely true. I mean, he was playing pool. There were two shots fired. One hit over Wyatt's head and one, one killed uh, Morgan. Absolutely. Uh -oh. um, and that, uh, that pool hall is a t-shirt shop, but they have a little plaque to where that actually happened in Tombstone, which you'll see next year. I'm very excited. Um, uh, oh, I just had a flash of something else from Tombstone. Another thing that, since we were talking about the OK Corral, and uh, I'm talking about Tombstone version, but when they walked down in slow motion, those you know the the, the uh, wide angle shot of the four actors walking in slow motion with a fire behind them was so well done. I got goosebumps looking at it. Yeah, and and that's pretty true. They they pretty much did gather up and they they walked. Uh, side by side, Johnny Behan came came and said, "Oh, I've disarmed him. I've disarmed him," uh, and they didn't believe him. Um, uh, Big Ed Burns from Soapy Smith. Soapy Smith's another uh, amazing character and a con man uh, from back then. Uh, one of his guys told the Earps that no, they have guns. So uh, uh, you know, there was a lot more that went into even that walking down the street than that are in either of the movies. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that that actually happened. Four guys walk into the seven guys to confront them in a in an alley. Wow, there's so much cool stuff. I mean, it's not cool that there was no law and people just shot each other, but the the Hollywood versions are so exciting to me. I mean, who knew? Who knew that I would like that stuff? I know, right? But the well, <laughs> but there was law. I mean, the the whole the whole motivation was uh, severe gun control laws. That you could not carry a gun in town. And if you did, they would they would arrest you. And funnily enough, in Tombstone, you can carry a loaded gun, walk around with it now. So it's um it's, that's kind of weird. Uh, but that was <laughs> that was the uh, motivation for the whole the gunfight, the catalyst, I would say. The motivation it was a, it was a, a gambler's war that had been been uh, brewing for about a year, year and a half um, between these two groups, uh, the Herbs and this other group called the Sloppers. But uh, and, you know, there's it, no time to, no time to show that in the movie. And you said he died really old, didn't he? He lived a really long time. White Earp. Why? Yeah, yeah. He died. Uh, he was born, I think, in eighteen fifty. Died in nineteen twenty-nine. I had no so, idea. It was that that's uh, earlier and closer? I mean, it's a long time ago, but it seems nineteen. When you say nineteen hundred or anything, I still think, oh, that wasn't that long ago. I, for some reason, I thought these guys were like way back in like the eighteen hundred, like eighteen twenties. You know. That's a lot closer to now than I thought. Yeah, well, um, well, most kind of the Wild West happened uh, after the Civil War. Uh, so the period between 1865 and about 1897 and, and a little bit into the 20th century uh, was kind of the Wild West, depending on where you were. Um, the Wild West kind of ended up maybe in, in some places in Texas and in the Klondike and, and Alaska, but everything else had been pretty much settled. I mean, Denver, Denver in the 18, I think 1880s had electricity. So things, things hmm. could be a lot modern than you you would imagine um so yeah it wasn't all just uh clapboard saloons and serving rot gut whiskey and actually tombstone <laughs> cool thing is tombstone back in 1881 they had an ice cream parlor uh, no you could get no ice kidding cream. yeah apparently wyatt wyatt got an ice cream every day he loved his ice cream <laughs> and at the saloons you'd get foofy drinks um some of them very very nice uh, and uh, they had uh, free food because there were lots of saloons, so there was a lot of competition. So you had to draw in your clientele. Did so. Uh, one question I was going to ask is: Did Doc Holliday really play the piano? Was he? I heard that he actually did, and that's why Val Kilmer insisted on learning how to play. 
Um, I, I don't know for sure, but I could certainly imagine he did. But because again, he was very well educated from a from a you know pretty good stock back there in Georgia. So um, yeah, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a Doc Holiday expert. Do you have any uh, biographies you'd recommend on either Tombstone or Wired or Doc Holiday or all of them that people, if they were interested in, like like me, I'm interested in reading some biographies. Yeah, you know there are, are a lot of them, um, and some of them are more accepted than others. I I just um, read one um, called um, you're not going to believe what it's called. It's called Doc Holiday uh, no. by a guy called uh, by a guy named John Myers Myers, and it's the first <laughs> biography of Doc Holiday. Sort of like this is the book on Doc Holiday, but a lot of it has been modernized because the the research is better so there are there are lots of books on doc holiday and wider uh the, the the first wider book was uh, uh called uh frontier marshall by Stuart lake and uh it is pretty much wider making stuff up <laughs> so and, that, and that's really that the the frontier marshall is what made wider the the cult heroes because it was all sorts of you know, I killed a bar with my bare hands, stuff like that, you know, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I killed this guy, I killed that guy. And and just getting back to Tombstone, you know, there's that, that scene that we talked about where, you know, he has the shotgun, he goes, then he shoots uh, Curly <laughs> Bill Brocious. It's very possible he didn't kill Curly, Curly Bill Brocious. It's very possible Curly Bill Brocious lived till the 20th century. Um, in that gunfight, a lot of people think it was just a group of miners thinking, the uh, the herbs were a bunch of people trying to claim jump, and they never nobody ever saw each other. They just shot at each other, and you know a few people died and a few people didn't. And uh, and who knows? Uh, Johnny Ringo was found sitting against a tree with a bullet in his head. Uh-huh. Uh, people if people think it was uh, self inflicted because his uh, revolver was hanging by one finger. Um, uh, it's very very doubtful that uh, that uh, Doc Holliday killed Johnny Ringo. Wow. Um, Frank Stillwell was absolutely just bludgeoned and shot to pieces uh, in Tucson by Wyatt Earp. It was a brutal thing. Um, when um, uh, after uh, Morgan was wounded, and uh, and uh, 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 Morgan was killed and Virgil was wounded, they put much of the family on a train uh, to take take them to Colton, California, uh, which is actually very near where I live, uh, where the uh, family was living, uh, where the dad was living. And uh, Wyatt and uh, Warren and uh, I think uh, I think Texas Jack and uh, uh, I think uh, Pete Spence, I think, um, or maybe it was Sherman Masters. Anyway, they sort of came as bodyguards. Oh, oh Doc was there too. And, uh, and they were just sort of standing guard during this whistle stop. And they saw a couple of cowboys and Wyatt, I think, shot Frank Stowell nine times, just, just full of hold. Because the dude didn't have, he was mad. Yeah, he had a, he had a quite a temper on him. But you know, his brother was killed, and his uh, other brother was uh, maimed, um, and he just wanted to put a stop to it. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why in the movie, at least, it was like you could totally feel like the ang, you know, the anger or whatever. That whole entire scene that you just talked about. I, I like literally can see it in my head and visualize it. It was so well done, choreographed. A bad day, and, and actually, um, some people thought that it was a uh, 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 Doc Holiday that uh, that shot Frank Stillwell, but it was absolutely wider. Dang! <laughs> well, that's so cool. I I um so, so when I was like researching um for the films more, like I said, I didn't really do any of the history because I wanted to hear it from you. Um, I found some trivia that was kind of cool. Some of it we've already touched on. Um, so I wanted to, to get to that to, you know, we'll wrap it up in the next probably 10 minutes. Um, I got some trivia and then I don't know if you have this, but I kind of just thought of like the, my top few, maybe five films that are like uh, wild, I guess you'd call them wild west or cowboys or whatever type films. I have like my, my five favorite ones. Um, so there's, there's always been like, uh, I have a couple of these that are in my notes here, but a lot of the lines mostly quoted by Doc Holliday in the movie, especially like the end of the, the uh, fight at the OK Corral, they say it's mostly historically true and that the uh, newspaper called uh, Tombstone Paper, I guess, how original, uh, <laughs> when they were reporting the fight, um, when confronted by one of the cowboys at uh, Point point blank range the cowboy supposedly said i got you now doc you son of a bitch and then to which doc gleefully retorted 
you're a daisy if you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there's, there's a couple of things that uh, the Val Kilmer says that are, uh, are, are pretty clever. And if you're a daisy if you do is actually a real a real thing. Um, there's, um, I don't know if, if you know about a, a daisy BB gun. You, you ever heard mm -mm. of those? No. Yeah, yeah. There, there's BB gun. They still make them that have been being made since the you know the late 1800s, and they're very popular BB guns with kids. And they're called daisies. And the reason they're called daisies is because originally a windmill company gave them as a present to people farmers who bought the windmill. So you buy a windmill, they'd install the windmill, and they go, "Here's a little BB gun for your kid. Uh, you know, thanks for <laughs> buying our windmill." And the reason it's called a daisy is because when the company presented this gun to the uh, the owner of the company and said, hey, we should give these away uh, as, a, as, a, as a present to our people who buy the windmills. He looked at it and went, wow, this is a daisy. And then they started calling them daisy. But then the guns became more popular than the windmills. So the company stopped making windmills, started making these BB guns and became the daisy company. And they still exist today. Huh. I learned something new. <laughs> there you go. That's why you had me on. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, so, okay. And the, also this, this was interesting to me. Uh, so Robert Mitchum was signed on to star as old man Clayton prior to the principal photography, though he fell from the horse, injured his back and had to quit the film, but they still gave him uh, a part, which he's basically the narrator at the beginning and the end of the film, which I did not know that. That's right. So I learned something on my own. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool stuff. Um, yeah, yep. this one, this I have a, I have a couple more, but mostly it's mostly Val Kilmer stuff because he's amazing to me. But uh, Val Kilmer, most people who know Val knows his roles. He does very seriously. He gets right, you know, he tries to do uh, as close to the interpretation as possible if he's if he's playing characters. Like remember when he did uh, the Doors, and like my, yeah, and he sang like ninety percent of the song. Yeah. Um, but they said he for a long time uh, he practiced for that quick draw speed that he speaks to speaks with the southern aristocratic uh you know that accent that he uses in the movie um and he said that it, well val kilmer not doc holiday but doc holiday was the cousin of margaret mitchell she's the one that wrote uh, gone with the wind and and i guess they modeled the character um of ashley wilkes after doc holiday which I thought was kind of cool. So Val really, really practiced that accent <laughs> for a long time. Yeah, but there's a whole story behind that. There's a, um, when he says, uh, I'm your Huckleberry, there are people that are absolutely convinced that he says Hucklebearer. Right. Was, right. And people have made up a whole history of the phrase Hucklebearer that just never existed, but they will not admit that they're wrong but you can look up huckleberry which is was a common uh phrase meaning i'm your i'm the guy for the job you got huckleberry finn huckleberry hound it was a, it was a, a known phrase but um he says i'm your huckleberry and he well, he doesn't stick the accent so there's that well and i can attest uh i have spoken a couple times um with val kilmer um on on twitter and he has said himself from his own lips that he says Huckleberry, not yeah, Huckleberry. Work on Huckleberry. And actually that, that scene came from a 1926 book called uh, Tombstone and Iliad of the Southwest by uh, Walter Noble Burns. I've actually held a first, um, first uh, uh, edition copy of this and looked at that scene, which uh, Kevin Jare um, lifted virtually verbatim from uh, 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 um, Noble's book, and it says Huckleberry. So does the script. So does the. So does the the uh, the, the, uh, 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 the uh, what do they call it? Oh, geez, the subtitles. So it's absolutely Huckleberry. But people just like to be right. Well, I am gonna be on the side of Huckleberry. Huckleberry, <laughs> right? Man, that's I. I have like this is probably one of my favorite uh, podcasts that I've done so far. I mean, it's like. I'm learning, but it's also like just talking about it, refreshing, refreshing my, refreshing, refresh <laughs> my, I can't talk. I have no idea. It refreshes my mind uh, for when I had seen the movie. It makes me want to see it again. <laughs> it's like. I, I, I did watch it last night just to, to make sure that it was fresh in my head. Oh, so, uh, yeah. so, so I have like, I, I don't, 
I don't watch like a whole lot of Wild West movies, but I do have a few that I that I do like. And I'm not going to talk really that much about them. I'm just going to mention the name and a couple of the actors that are in it. Um, uh, obviously, Tombstone. So my my fifth, so, I guess you'd call it fifth choice. Um, I don't know if you even remember it. The Quick and the Dead with Sharon Stone and Leonardo DiCaprio. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun film. It's a great film. And a lot of people hated it, but I think it's just because it was a girl lead personally because Sharon Stone kicked ass in that movie. Yeah, no, she was very, very good. Uh, very good. Was Gene Hackman in that too? Yes, he was. Yes, yep. he was. Um, and, uh, and then I liked uh, one of your favorite movies as well, Open Range. Open Range, yeah, it's really nice. Costner's done some really great work with Westerns. And uh, Open Range uh, really addresses sort of the, the range wars where, uh, where the ranchers really wanted to uh, be in control and the smaller grazers and the free rangers were, uh, were being brutalized. Um, the whole uh, 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 Lincoln County War, um, uh, Johnson County War rather, was about that uh, up in Nebraska, I think Nebraska. But yeah, there was a whole a whole political thing about uh, the rich ranchers and the, the poor ranchers and also the sheep herders. I mean, they, they are a lot of shepherds out in the West too. And man, they were second class citizens. It's really funny. But yeah, Open Range is a, a really fine film. That was, I can't remember. Was that uh, uh, Costner and Robert Duvall or Costner and Hackman? Uh, uh, Hackman, well, was, uh, Hackman was in um, uh, uh, Unforgiven with uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, Little Bill. Uh, we had uh, James Gammon was in that. Uh, Annette Benning was in that. Uh, you're right. Um, uh, Duvall was in it playing right. Bob Dearman. Uh, who else was in that? It was a great, a great cast. Uh, mm -hmm. Michael was fantastic playing the playing the livery guy. Michael um, who? Jeter. Ah, okay. um, you remember who he is? Yeah, yeah. He he passed several years ago. I got to work mm -hmm. with him. Sweet, sweet guy. Really funny character. Um, uh, you had uh, James Russo, who I shot a film with, who was the uh, the bad sheriff. He was great in that. Uh, yeah, that was. It's it's a good film. It's it's a really nice film. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit that in a little while. It's been like 15 years since I've seen it. Um, oh, look, there's my copy of it right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then another movie that's more of a Hollywood fun. Uh, uh, I don't want to say didn't have depth because it actually has a few scenes that were pretty, pretty well done. But uh, it's a uh, 19. I forget if it's 1994 or 95, somewhere around there. And it is the all star cast of Bad Girls. I don't know if you remember that. Andy McDowell, Drew Barrymore. Um, Oh, what's that other girl? I'm losing. I have to look it up. I, I, I have to cheat here for a second. Do you remember that movie at all? I do. I, di I didn't see it, but I, I remember when it was out. And, and uh, yeah, it was kind of like a, 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 a female-driven Western. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just, oh, how could I forget one of my favorite actresses? Hello, Madeline Stowe. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, it was 94, and it has uh, Mary Stuart Masterson's in it. Um, I highly recommend it. It's, it's not, uh, I know some people kind of glossed over it because it was the same time as all these other movies were coming out, but, um, I actually really think if people actually watched it, they would appreciate it. Cause it's, it's actually a really good movie. It's more of a drama. Um, and I just remember thinking, Oh, this is so cool. I like, especially, um, with Drew Barrymore, she does a really good job in this. Uh, James Russo's in that one too. Um, Dilla, uh, Dermot Maloney. Is that how you say his name? Robert uh, Dermot, Lagosha? Uh, Dermot Mulrooney? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, enough on that. Anyway. Um, and then, of course, uh, to, uh, not Tombstone, uh, Young Guns. I, you know, I was thinking about that, and when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, come on, these, these kids that are too young. But these guys were that young. You yeah. know, you, we most most of these Westerns and, and Western reenactors are like old guys. It's like, no, you weren't an old guy. I mean, come on, the holiday dies at 36. You know, um, Sophie Smith dies at 37. Uh, Wild Bill Hickok dies at 38. A lot of these guys didn't live past, uh, you know, into their 40s. So yeah, it was a young man's game. It was, it was a tough life, man. I mean, tough, you had you had Emilio Estevez. You had uh, my favorite, Kiefer Sutherland, Christian Slater, yeah. um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Lou, Lou Philip Diamond. Lou Philip oh, Diamond. Lou Diamond Phillip. Oh, yeah, Lou yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lou's a great guy. I've worked with him too. Sweet, sweetheart of a guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, here's my copy of it right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Young Guns is like a, a little bit. I mean, it, there's some violence in it, but it's a little more uh, younger crowd versus the older crowds. You know, it came out in like '88, I believe, and it was like uh, 
an all-star. I just remember thinking, whoa, <laughs> when I watched yeah. it. I was... But again, it, it really it, it really illustrated the uh, the youth of these guys in the West, which was which was hard to hard to accept at first because we've been fed something completely different. You know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So that's my my uh, list. I don't know if you have any that you like or. Yeah, I got I, I got a, a bunch. We already said open range. How about Silverado? Silverado with uh, Kevin Costner's in that. We had uh, Scott Glenn. We got uh, we got Kevin Klein. We got Danny Glover. We got John hmm. Cleese, Sheriff. So if you have not seen Silverado, it's it's a really really fun film. It's it's an '80s late '80s thing, and it's uh, Jeff Goldblum's in it. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a real fun buddy film. I mean, cool. if, if you like Tombstone, if you like the, the Western genre of Tombstone, you'll you'll, you'll like uh, uh, Silverado. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, it's a really neat movie. Um, cool. We talked we talked about Open Range. We talked about uh, Unforgiven a little bit. Uh, Eastwood. Uh, it's a, a very very good. Uh, also has Morgan Freeman in it. Um, good film there. Um, what else is there? Unforgiven is the one with Gene Hackman uh, playing uh, Little Bill. Um, that my, one of my favorites. So the thing that drew me into the genre was the uh, Deadwood series on HBO. I, I just think uh, that, I heard good uh, things about that. It's, it's got such a great, I mean, a lot of it's based in truth, but it's a really good story that they, uh, that, that they told about, you know, and, and the main character is Deadwood and it was a real place. And most of what happened is in the movie and the characters are brilliant. Seth Bullock is played by uh, Tim Oliphant who, and that launched his career. Mm. Yeah. Danes in it. You've got Paula uh, Malcolmson, who was in um, uh, in Tombstone, played uh, uh, Virgil's wife. Uh, you've got uh, Robin Weigert playing Calamity Jane. Uh, you got uh, um, you know Wild Bill Hickox in there, and he was actually killed in Deadwood. Uh, and so it's it's a really neat movie that uh, will, will make you wonder. Gosh, did that really happen? Did that really happen? And and yeah, it did actually. Cool. Yeah, and ch check out some of the Sergio, Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns. They're really fun. Um, you've got uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly is a classic. Um, and then some of the Eastwood, um, Hollywood uh, westerns uh, are good too. Um, Pale Riders are a really good one, for instance. That, so, dude, yeah. that dude almost ran me over in a golf cart. Clint Eastwood? Yes. My, I, it was my first week. I'm doing a podcast later about some of my encounters, but this is just quick. So yeah, it was my, it was my first week on the job when I was working at Warner brothers and have I, you've been on the lot, right? You visited me on the lot. Yeah. yeah I think. I've worked on sure. Okay. Yeah. So I, we were walking down past stages one, two, and three, which are the Allen stages. And we were, well, we, I, I was uh, rounding the corner, just walking towards, um, it was walking by George Clooney's uh, production company and he was coming around the bend at the same time on a golf cart and he was speeding really fast. And uh, he literally almost ran into me and he's like, Oh, sorry, sweetheart. And I was just like, what the hell, man? Clint Eastwood almost ran me over. <laughs> challenge, him to a, challenge him to a duel. He probably would have won. Oh man. I got stories about him, but it's another time, but that dude is tall. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a bunch of, really cool westerns to watch cool well listen lauren i really had a great time and i'm so glad that we finally haven't have been able to get together to do this i've been trying to get it together for about three well not three months but well maybe it's been about three months it's been a while um, i know time flies in the age of covid yeah and I, I really wanted it to be with you because we both love the movie but you're so well versed in you know the history and and uh I thought, you know what? We chatted about it a little on the phone, but let's do it into a podcast because everyone should hear all this stuff. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, and it's it's fun when you when you uh, watch a pretty well researched um, historical film because it makes you wonder what was true and what wasn't, and it kind of kind of uh, motivates you to look up stuff and try to find the truth. And I th I think that's really neat. Every every time I watch something from Boardwalk Empire to, you know, Rome or whatever, I I always go, I wonder what that was like. I wonder if it was really true. So it's it's a really good way to to educate yourself too and be more educated. And for the record, Tombstone or Wyatt Art, film wise. You know, they're 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 they're. they're both different movies. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't want to put one above another, I'll, you know, so. Okay. Okay. Very different, very different films. Very different films. <laughs> All right. I'll let you get away with it this time. <sighs> uh, 
explore and more. And anything uh, that you're coming up with, working on, you want to plug? I mean, not not really. I mean, uh, with the COVID, I mean, what what I do is I, I I'm a, a cons movie consultant on uh, Old West gambling, and so like I was in Westwood and I was in the Deadwood uh, Westwood Westworld and the Deadwood movie, uh, hired to to play gamblers. Uh, at the at the card tables so uh and i do that at different western events too like uh, there's a ghost town here in calico in uh, california called calico i deal pharaoh and i have a whole uh, troop of of con men we uh we perform at the the events and you know we're just trying to get one of those you know once covid's over we'll we'll be playing that uh just out out and about and trying to trying to keep the old west alive that's all we're trying to do so oh, I very think little it's, happening in COVID. <laughs> well, I think it's really cool. And uh, well, you're a pretty talented person. You can do a lot of different things. You wear a, a lot of different hats. Um, so <laughs> once COVID's over, I'm, I'm, I have no doubt that you will, whatever you want to do, you'll do. <laughs> yeah, I'll just work, work on getting by it. Well, I, I certainly hope um, uh, next year, we, uh, year after next, we, uh, we meet down in, in uh, Tombstone and Cochise. That'll be really fun. Oh, we're definitely doing it. I even have a, a lady who does ghost tours down there that's going to show us around. So <laughs> that's like, okay. So, I'll, see, I'll introduce you to my good friend, John Henry Holiday, who I think I can arrange to be in town. Sweet. I'm there. All right, Warren. <laughs> thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for having me on. Have a, have a great rest of the day and we'll talk soon. Well, guys, we have reached the end of this episode. I know, I know. But fret not, there are more episodes coming soon. So if you really enjoyed the show, please make sure to stop back by and check out the new ones. Because without you, there is no podcast. See you later.